the country has unfinished business. Um, and it, the unfinished business that the country has is, is, if you like, twofold, but they relate to each other. Uh, the first one is that uh, when we became a democracy in 1994, uh, everybody uh, was uh, uh, granted political rights, which was obviously a very important step forward. But that didn't change the reality in the economy and the society. Um, people don't only exercise power in government. People exercise power in the economy, in the universities, in the media, in, 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 in all the institutions which uh, wield power in our society. And what we should have done at that stage, quite frankly, as a society, is that we should have started a second round of negotiation going on for as long as it takes about how you changed, uh, changed those institutions. In particular, in the economy, we needed a, a, a negotiation, a debate about how did you really tackle the inequalities and, uh, of the past and the poverty that they brought without damaging the economy so that we can continue to generate wealth as a country. We didn't have that discussion. We still haven't had that discussion. The other issue we didn't have a discussion on, which we should have had in 1994, is race. Uh, I mean, I don't need to tell anybody who's aware of South Africa today that we've discovered uh, and it shouldn't have been a surprise, but it was that 21 years into democracy, we still haven't sorted out uh, the racial uh, issues which, which dogged us for 300 years. Uh, one of the reasons for that is that we didn't, uh, in 1994, recognize that racism doesn't just go away because the political system changes. So we should have done what we did in, early, in the early 1990s and continued to, to make uh, improving relations between people across racial barriers is a major priority. Now, because we didn't do that, uh, we have a crisis at the moment. Uh, the crisis at the moment is that people are saying, look, the deal that we thought we made as a country in 1994 isn't a deal that a lot of people feel happy with. Uh, many black people uh, particularly feel that that deal uh, did not change enough, did not uh, move us further, far enough away from apartheid. Uh, and therefore, we need to address those concerns if, if, if we want a stable country. Business has a very important role to play. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier on, you don't exercise power only in government. One of the mistakes, I think, which is very often made when people comment on this country is to assume that all our problems were created by government and all our problems can be solved by government. And neither of those are true. Government, yes, government has power. Yes, we must hold government accountable. But it's not the only uh, group in South Africa which holds power. Business also holds power. <clears throat> and therefore, business has to think very seriously uh, about what it needs to change uh, if we're going to have uh, a, a prosperous country. So what I was arguing there is not simply that we need to hear businesses' voice. Lots of people say we need to hear businesses' voice. But I'm saying we need to hear businesses' voice on something very specific. We need businesses uh, and business organizations to acknowledge that this is still an unequal society. This is still a country with huge poverty. Uh, this is still a country with racial divisions. Uh, and that business uh, played a role uh, in creating that situation, and business must now play a role uh, in changing that situation. Uh, what I'm not arguing for, which you hear very often argued for in the media, is more business people to shout at the government. There's no shortage of people in South Africa to shout at the government at the moment. That's not a, a lack we have. 
Uh, what I'm saying is that we need business people to look at the situation we're in at the moment and to come up with constructive proposals for how business can help us to move out of it. And incidentally, it's perfectly legitimate if that's what business does, for business to also say, look, uh, we expect certain things in return. Uh, if we're going to contribute to a better South Africa, there are certain things that need to be done to make it easier for us to do our jobs. So really what I'm asking business people to do is to join the national debate, come up with constructive solutions, and to join a negotiation of how we get out of uh, the past which still dogs us. The business could then argue, uh, Professor Friedman, that, you know, a government hasn't exactly excelled at dealing with um, inequality, uh, issues like racism, as you point out, the conversations that we failed to have, um, and that their core responsibility is actually to create wealth for their shareholders and, um, you know, their employees, make sure that they have good working conditions. And that's where their responsibility lies in the main. Well, let's take the second one first, Akina. You know, you can't create core wealth for your shareholders if you don't live in a stable society. Uh, you know, you can't create core wealth for your shareholders if, uh, you know, the campuses are, are demonstrating for weeks because people don't feel that we've fixed up these problems within the universities. Uh, I remember that I should have mentioned that, you know, I started off the article by saying that what it prompted me to write it was, was the total business silence about what was happening on the campuses. Uh, I mean, for heaven's sake, if, if, if skilled labor, if, if, if producing graduates isn't a core concern of business, I, I don't know what is. And, and yet we have not heard a business voice which says, look, we're concerned about the situation. These are our ideas, our ideas for making sure that uh, we create more skilled South Africans. So you can't, it, it's simply a, a myth here to believe that business operates in a bubble. A business can't operate without customers, without suppliers, without workers. Uh, and, and, and dealing with all of those groups in society are part of your core business, and, and this is what we're arguing for. As far as government's role is concerned, yes, uh, I, I said at the outset, I'm not saying that you know it's an either-or, let's shunt all the blame from government onto business. Uh, but if, for example, you're worried as a business person about your business environment, you can't just fold your hands and say, look, government must just fix this and I'll wait on the sidelines to see whether the government fixes it or not. Uh, as I said before, you have power as a business person, you have an interest in the matter, uh, and you need to get involved whatever government does. So... Looking at the situation and, and looking at the two questions that you pose uh, right at the onset, you ask, are business leaders outsourcing solutions to the country's problems or have they simply run out of ideas? Uh, 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 do you have uh, you know, uh, an answer to either of these two questions? Which do you think is most appropriate in this instance? Well, I think it's both, Sakina, and I think the one is a, is a result of the other. I think they've run out of ideas in the sense that the story which is being told in business at the moment is simply the one which, which you know, was suggested in, in the question you asked. The story that's being told in business is that none of this has to do with business, and none of this is business's responsibility. Uh, and therefore, of course, they've run out of ideas, because uh, if you don't acknowledge there's a problem in the first place, you're not going to 
devote a whole lot of energy to finding solutions to it. Uh, they've outsourced the problem in the sense that as soon as you say it's not your responsibility, you know, then you say, well, somebody else must deal with it. You know, either government must deal with it, or uh, you know, the universities must deal with it, or the NGOs, who, who knows, you know, whichever particular uh, group you choose, uh, and then you don't contribute. You know, what we're really lacking here uh, in business is what we had in business in the 19, early 1990s, which is a sense of crisis. Uh, and a sense of crisis sounds bad, but it's actually very healthy sometimes because it means, all crisis means, if you go back to the original, is that we need to change, that there needs to be a turning point. So if you accept that there's a state of crisis, you say, look, things are not as they should be, and they need to change. And I think business is running out of ideas and outsourcing problems because it doesn't recognize that there's a crisis. It doesn't recognize that there's a crisis or the fact that, you know, it doesn't really matter what they do at this point because they seem to be getting off scot-free, Prof. Well, they are getting off scot-free, Sakina. I mean, you know, one could go into a great deal of this about why this happens, etc. I mean, it's not only, you know, that they're not being asked to account for their role in it. But, but you know, we still live in this environment where it's, it's just assumed, you know, that everything business does is right and, and, and everything government does is wrong. Uh, and that's clearly not true. You know, there's, there's a lot, to put it mildly, there's a lot that can be improved in business. I mean, let me take one, you know, we, we're talking in generalities here. Let me be specific. I could come up with a hundred examples, but it has to be, uh, you know, it happens to be one which I, I think is, is, is a concern of a lot of black uh, management people and professional people, which is how serious is mainstream business in this, uh, in, in this country about really recognizing the talent of black people? Uh, and what I mean by this is that, you know, it's an old story. People are familiar with it. Uh, if you look at the advances that have been made uh, in uh, uh, absorbing, you know, new black entrants into managerial positions and, and into more senior positions in companies, are these operational positions, which means that you're putting a black person in charge because you really believe that that person's good at what they do uh, and you want them to contribute to your company, or are these positions where people are expected to go and talk to other black people. Uh, I made this point a couple of years ago at a particular mining company I was speaking to, and one of the people, just to illustrate it, put up his hand and said, look, you're absolutely right. The meeting you're talking to uh, are the group of people who deal with the trade union, uh, and that's, that group is about 70% black, because obviously the assumption is you need black managers to talk to other black people. On the other hand, he says, if you go down the corridor and you see the technical person personnel people, they're all white. Uh, and there's a lesson in that. The, the lesson in that is that many companies in this country still don't trust the abilities and talents of black people. And that's not something you need to wait for the government for. That's something you can start addressing today.